Hey NAI football fans, Corey Thorpe here with another edition of the NAI F-Ball podcast powered by AdCraft USA, your custom apparel, merch, and uniform experts. Our friends at AdCraft have been with us for many years now. They've run web stores for us multiple times. These guys are NAI fans and family who are experts in the apparel and merchandise world. AdCraft allows you to take the hassle out of ordering. Let their knowledgeable design and customer service staff handle everything from hosting the store online, shipping the product, and helping your customers so you can get back to the game. Find them online at adcraftusa.com. All right, NAI football fans, this is Corey Thorpe back with another edition of the NAI F-Ball podcast. Brought to you and powered by, as always, AdCraft custom apparel and merch. Uh, But, you know, you heard the ad read. Tonight, we have Coach Troy Purcell from Carroll. Carroll making their way back into the playoffs where I think they would absolutely argue that, that you know, they belong in the playoffs as, NA, as uh, you know, with the history that they've had. Coach, how you doing tonight? I'm doing well. I appreciate the opportunity to talk. Absolutely. It was a really nice season for Carroll. Um, you know, just looking up and, up and down the, the, the schedule, the only – couple of regular season scuffles that you have are, are playing at Montana Tech and, and a game against an always tough college of Idaho. Um, but, you know, you got your revenge against the Yotes uh, to, to get, clinch that Frontier title. Talk to me about that, uh, that kind of that burgeoning rivalry there. Yeah, I've uh, just been fortunate. We were able to, uh, you know, come away with some tiebreaker situations there. Our defense plays really well. Uh, Coach Morosky does a great job down there. They're very well coached, uh, and it's always a battle. You know, we played them up here, and it was a rainy, a snow game, or rain game, um, <clears throat> and I thought it would be an advantage for us with our run game, and <clears throat> actually they came out on top uh, being able to fall forward with a little bit bigger backs, and I think they only threw three passes or attempted three passes, and and one was right out of halftime on about a 75-yard touchdown bomb uh, by the Hibs kid, you know, when he, he chucked it out there. So, uh, but, yeah, I know the guys got their, their minds right, and they, you know, knew what we had to do in that last part of the season. And, and uh, you know, we ended up winning out and, and winning it and having a chance to get to that national playoffs, which was a good testament to them, you know, uh, keep winning, you know, keep winning the day and keep getting better and keep improving throughout the season. You know, I- We've, I think we've, we've kind of been a, a big proponent of, of the frontier throughout our time here. We see the, the level of play up and down. And, and I think y'all really kind of, you know, get, gave a little bit of, uh, you know, what have you done for me lately, Feather in your cap. You, you go out to Des Moines and, you know, it, the result is not what you want against Grandview. But I'm fairly certain that you gave Grandview uh, a little bit of a, a little bit of a heart attack there. Yeah, no, it was, uh, what a great team. What a great program. They're in it every year. Um, and you know, um, it was, um, it was, it was fun to get down there. It's probably one of the, you know, even being from Montana, that wind down there that day too. Oh boy. It was chilly. It was probably one of the top five coldest games and, you know, 33 years of coaching that I've ever been a part of. And, uh, it was, it was, it was chilly down there. Uh, but the guys came out and they played tough. Um, opportunity to, you know, keep improving, keep getting better. You know, it's seven to three. We got the lead in the third quarter. Uh, we just can't make mistakes. We got a couple of key mistakes and they capitalized on it. And that's what good teams do. And, and uh, hats off to Grandview and, and finding a way. And, and uh, you know, they, 
they had a nice run again this year. <clears throat> so, you know, one of the things that, that I, you know, I both love and hate about the frontier, I hate it for y'all, I love it for us, um, is, is, the, uh, is, is the schedule. And, and everyone always talks about the schedule. Um, but I want to get your thoughts on, you know, some of the changes that we've, we've got coming into the frontier, whether it be uh, Southern Oregon going in a different direction with their head coach, you know, a team that's, that's been a, um, a history-rich team winning a national championship, or whether it's adding Arizona Christian, or, you know, I hear tell there's a team up in Northern California that's about to play, start playing football, and, you know, it's, it's pretty much uh, right there in, in uh, Southern Oregon's backyard, so, you know, maybe you might get the, those folks from over there. Oh, it'd be nice to be able to have you know, 11 teams in this conference, you know, play 10 conference games. Uh, that'd be the ultimate, you know, where, you know, um, where you don't have to play people twice. You know, the Frontier Conference is very, very competitive. We're beating each other up. Uh, that's why it's hard to go one loss or even, you know, two losses in this conference because you got to pay people twice. And, and you know, it, it just kind of is what it is. So we revamped the schedule a little bit. And so we uh, drew the uh, number out of a hat there, a team out of a hat and had one team that you played twice. Uh, so we ended up drawing Montana Tech as the first uh, game of the year. And it'll be a non-conference game. And so, but it still matters. You know, we got the rankings and everything else. And, you know, they should be uh, in the top 25 there. I think they left there at the end of the season. And hopefully we we should be up in the in ranked also. So two ranked teams right out of the gate. And then uh, we're going to head to our, actually, uh, uh, St. Thomas uh, University out of Florida is coming our way on December 9th. I just got off the uh the phone with with the uh, with coach over there and and uh he's you know he, he, it's exciting you know to bring a florida team up and uh you know and they're a good team you know that's there's a team right there you know that sh- should have been in the playoffs they're nine and two lost the butler by five lost the kaiser you know the eventual runner-up and and they're uh they're a really good team and you know we can't get everybody in but yeah they're 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 a solid team so it's exciting to see those guys come to montana that that is going to be fun, and and uh, you know that this is a reminder that they did go up to uh, Saint Xavier last year and and beat the pants off of off of uh, the that the the folks up there in Chicago. They are uh, they're no uh, stranger to cold, but I don't know if they've gotten cold like uh, y'all got Carol cold up there. Yeah, September 9th, we should be okay. They're hitting yeah. a pretty good day, you know. So hopefully we can work on our tan that day, and it'll be you know nice and nice and sunny out. So. Now, I will say that one, you mentioned that Montana Tech game. That one is, now that's definitely one of my circle games. Montana Tech has nine returning all-frontier conference players. That's going to be a whale of a game out of the gate. Um, one of the things I was thinking about when I was getting ready for, for this interview is, is playing complementary football. And, and we, y- 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 your defense speaks for itself. It just a, a defense that's quick to the ball, uh, likes to take the ball away, likes to get their hands up, likes to get, uh, you know, make chaos. And then you've got a defense or an offense that's going to sit on the ball. You're, you're going you're gonna to run the ball. You're going to pummel the other team into oblivion. Talk to me about having offense and defense complementing each other uh, for a winning team. Yeah, no, definitely. You're 100% right, you know, and especially as you get later into the season, you know, that run game becomes more and more, um, 
you know, uh, opportunity to win. You can pound down, you know, the guys down, and then the fields get a little, uh, you know, a little slippier, and the and the uh, weather gets a little worse. And you know, the guys that can, you know, that are throwing the ball are are uh, high tempo teams. Um, you know, it's uh, uh, a little bit harder to make that happen. But uh, yeah, no, we definitely complement each other, complement each other very, very well. And uh, you know, I think uh, good programs find a way. Uh, to make that happen, and I don't know if it was just by chance or philosophy on both sides of the ball or with this staff, but it ended up working out that way to where we have, a, you know, like I said, we, we, we do things right, and, and uh, we hang on to the ball, and we take the ball away, and we play good defense, and so a lot of successful programs, you know, have that formula. I, I will say it is awful hard to score in the game of football if you do not have the ball in your hands. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're 100% right. Now, you talk about keeping the ball away and, and establishing a good running, um, a, a good run game. And, and, I mean, that shouldn't be a problem next year for you as you return three all-frontier offensive linemen, including Andrew Carter, who uh, adds a trophy to the trophy case, winning the Remington Award for the NAIA. Talk to me about starting your, your offense and leaning on your, your, uh, the, the, the best players on the team there, the big uglies up front. Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, we lost, uh, you know, in that last game versus Grandview, uh, you know, the two deep or who played in that game, we ended up just losing one player in Tony Collins at the tight end position, and then everybody else is coming back. Uh, so we got our all our receivers. We had a bunch of pup receivers out there that, um, you know, some some younger ones that, you know, got better as the season progressed. So it'll be fun to watch them. You got, you know, kind of a three-headed monster running back. But then, like you said, that offensive line with Andrew Carter, Hunter Meekum, uh, Connor Quick, Tim Sellers, uh, Jaden Lamb, um, Sebastian Cook, you know, that's kind of the core. And then we got some good young ones that, you know, they haven't had a chance to get out there and play yet because uh, maybe a little bit of COVID and having some extra, uh, you know, years with those older guys. But um, and they're they're, you know, fighting at the, you know, biting at the bit to get out on that field. And so our our offensive line depth, knock on wood, you know, has been very uh, been very good. And uh, we this has uh, been the healthiest group of guys or healthiest program that I've ever been a part of. Maybe it's how we practice and everything else, but, you know, keeping these guys healthy, keeping them hungry. And, uh, you know, they're, gosh, anytime you get all five offensive linemen back, that's a great day. And six, you know what I mean? With, with uh, one extra one there with some, with some hungry guys coming up. So uh, very, very excited about that. I mean, we see what happens with, with, in, with injuries. I mean, injury luck is such a huge, you, you don't talk about it as, as much. Um, but I mean, we, we all see, we, we all know that Morningside is, is a stellar team and they had a really good squad this year, but you just have one too many injuries and you, you, you can't get back to the national championship. And so you talk about the health and it's so dadgum important. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, and like I said, we take care of each other practice. We probably only hit live, you know, eight plays on Tuesday and Wednesday. So 16 all together throughout the week. And then we have a uh, focused uh, technique and communication Thursday, which is a walkthrough. Craziest things I've ever done. But some professor somewhere, a scientist said, hey, your body twitches better if you get a, give it a rest two days before a competition and then amp it up again on Friday. And then we do that same script on Friday as fast as we can, uh, just versus pads. And then we go out and play and it's, you know, it makes you nervous. Do we know how to tackle? Are we going to be good at tackling? You know, mainly on the defensive side, 
because you don't live tackle. And, you know, knock on wood again, but we've been really, really successful on the defense and not a lot of missed tackles. And, uh, and again, it's kept us healthy. It's, it's been pretty good. So if you don't tackle much during, during the season, is, is that a focus of, of your, uh, your fall camp and your, of your, in your spring camp then to kind of level that out a little bit or. Yeah. You know, and uh, I came to the realization, I don't, you know, play, let's not win the game on Wednesday. Let's win the game on Saturday. You know what I mean? So let's get them to Saturday, get them to Saturday, let them play fast on Saturday, let them, you know, um, and then, then they're healthy and then you're playing at your best uh, at that time. So uh, it's, yeah. So we do the, you know, we do sack tackling circuits. We do uh, everything leading up to it on the different ways that they're going to see, or, or, you know, the kind of tackles they're going to make during the game. Um, but yeah, not a lot, not a lot of live stuff. If, you know, we have, you know, a couple scrimmages, but even then let's get them to Saturday. Let's get them to where it's going to matter. Let's get them fast and healthy. Let's not win the game on Wednesday. Let's win the game on Saturday. Well, your defense certainly has, has not suffered for it. I uh, can't find the stat quick enough, but I, I know good and well that uh, just from the eye test, your defense was just, uh, like I said earlier, swarming to the ball, making the tackle, getting their hands up, making the play, causing chaos. You've got a, a little bit of a three-headed monster, one at every level of your defense that was an all-frontier member that's that's leaving you this year and Garrett Kocab, Rex Irby, and Zach Spiroff. Although I kind of suspect Rex Irby might have played a little bit more of a of a secondary role with with some of those stats that I see there. But uh talk to me about kind of next man up on defense. Yeah, I know those three guys were, you know, outstanding. You know, Zach Spiroff just first of all, he was the first uh commit here to Carroll when I got here. Uh a high bangle, started as a true freshman. You know, so pretty exciting things. And then, you know, Garrett Kolkab, MVP. I mean, how many nose guards become the MVP of the conference on defense? And I just showed the respect that he had throughout, um, you know, the conference and the frontier here. And is a two-sport athlete. He should be probably be an All-American also in track. Uh, so, you know, throwing the shot and disc. And he's just an unbelievable athlete. And then, uh, you know, Rex's leadership you know, was one of the greatest things that he had. And we played him all over. We use, we look and see where he, sometimes he played corner. Sometimes he played stud. Sometimes he played inside. Sometimes he played safety over the top, you know. So we had that guy all over the place. Um, and his leadership will probably be missed more than anything else. Uh, but yeah, no, those guys coming up, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to, uh, you know, co- it's hard to, you know, miss those guys. You got Sasano on there also, uh, Mike Mafu, um, you know, those were some other guys that were in the two deep there that got a lot of time. Uh, but, you know, that D-line is, is was pretty good, and I think they're going to be really good again with, uh, you know, Jacob Walk and Forrest Suaro and, and Gary, uh, Garrett Warden and uh, uh, D, Denavion Ali, um, and then uh, – so and Hunter Peck, you know, he's a number 19. He's an outstanding player. Uh, a lot of linebackers are back or, you know, got a lot of reps there also. And then the corner position, you know, the, the same type. Uh, we, we're a little bit light there. So we did a good job recruiting, bringing guys in. And we're actually, you know, still looking for maybe that little bit more mature corner. Uh, but corners and defensive line are pretty hard to find. <laughs> you know, those are the two areas that, man, you got to find a special guy there. But, no, the overall defense was uh, outstanding last year. Coach Bandalo, Coach Cooper, and and uh, Coach Brown over there. It was actually Coach Greff last year with Coach Brown. Uh, done an outstanding job of, uh, you know, 
misdirection on who's coming and where the pressure's coming and uh, putting our guys in situations to be successful and let them play. Um, so we've got to continue that trend. The guys are believing and the, you know, the defense, I don't see them missing a beat, even though we miss, we're going to be missing, you know, some very, very key uh, players. The next guy up mentality has got to make that happen. <clears throat> so coach, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a, give you a magic wand real quick. I'm going to let you rewrite the frontier conference rules on, on qualifying for the playoffs. Cause <laughs> let's be honest football coaches are really good at coaching football um doing math during a game unless you're doing one two or three i i don't know that's re really a football coach's strong suit and uh with the the uh w what's the metric on the on the three-way tie points allowed on on, yeah, on de that defensive points allowed yeah defensive uh, points allowed. I, you know i i had a coach last year tell me uh, I had to take a timeout on PAT because I didn't realize I actually needed um, need another point here, or or no, they had yeah. to go for it, uh, go for uh, on fourth down instead of kicking a field goal. And I'm like going, oh, that's I don't know if I like that that tiebreaker method. How how are you? Uh, are you rewriting the tiebreaker rules for the frontier? Uh, heck no, I love them because it's uh, been in our favor every single time, <laughs> you know, with our defense and how they're playing. In the COVID year in 21, we won this tiebreaker also. Got a chance to go play Morningside in the first round. They they put it to us pretty good. We were a bunch of pups and beat up at that time, and they were fresh. And they're a great squad. And then, uh, but yeah, then uh, this last year also, uh, defensive points. And so it ends up working out well for us. So, and we got a great defense. So I, I love it if it's a three-way tie. <laughs> figure that might be the case it always it always seems to be a three-way tie with all you know when you play each other twice and beat up on each other it, it always is going to come down to that three-way tie well hopefully this year not you know and hopefully <laughs> you know playing only these one games uh with one count for a conference and the other one we'll play tech then at the end of the year at our place uh you know for as a conference game and so but you know there could be there could be you know three teams that five and two or five, who knows, you know what I mean? Uh, whatever it could be. So, uh, and anytime we're going into the game, we know what we need to do. You know, if we need to score this much, we need to hold them this much and, or whatever, you know, with the tiebreaker system, it's pretty evident and pretty, uh, transparent of what needs to happen for, to have what team advance and what team to win the conference. And so, um, yeah. So again, it's hard, um, Unless the team is just rolling out right, then it's really easy. You know, if they're undefeated in the conference or one win, you know, and then it goes head to head. Maybe there's another team with one win, but you beat them head to head, then it's pretty clear. But man, that three way tie. And, and I think that's a, it was smart of the frontier to jump into this, um, you know, only playing te uh, teams once. And uh, again, it'd be exciting, you know, with these other teams that might be coming in here in the future. And again, you get to 11 games, uh, 11 teams, 10 games. And that'd be the ideal situation where we're playing everybody just once. Yeah, I, I think that's going to let me see, let, let me let me figure out how I want to say this. I think that's going to allow the frontier teams that make the playoffs to go further and have more advantageous matchups because the record generally does not work in your favor at, at this point. I, I think you'll see the frontier get a lot more respect. With with not having to to double up. 
Yeah, exactly. Or those double up games, win them. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It all comes down to winning them. You know, when Coach Van Deese was here and when they made those runs of, you know, four national championships, they were hosting a lot of games out here, you know, mm -hmm. and I'd love to be able to host. Uh, you know, it's we just got to keep working and keep getting better. But it'd be nice to be able to bring uh, some of these teams up to Montana, um, you know, instead of having to go. Because if you're, you know, if you have the, if you're hosting the first two games, gosh, you, I don't know what the record is, uh, you know, win loss record with those teams, but I think it's pretty high. And they were ranked high, so you know what I mean. So it's a combination of being highly ranked and, um, and uh, you know, and then being a good, and then having a home field advantage you know, for the first couple of games or whatever. So uh, hats off to them. So it always comes back down to one thing, win. You just got to win. You got to be successful and you got to, you got to win early. You got to win in the middle and you got to win late, you know, to have that opportunity. Absolutely. And um, I mean, you know, you talk about that and you, then you look at a team like Kaiser who uh, just came up from, up from the 12. Um, but you know what? They yeah. just won. Yeah. So great team. So coach, we, uh, we know, yeah, you know, it's just a fact of life. If you're not if you're not getting better with what you're doing, um, life's a little bit of a treadmill. You're falling behind. Um, you know whether it's, you know, in your in in your relationships, you know, or in your 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 Christian walk or whatever, what have you. Life's always pulling you backwards. So, what area of your program, on or off the field, are are you really looking to focus on and improve in 2023? Yeah, I think start fast. You know, that'll be on the back of the shirts this year. Um, a lot of our uh, our philosophy around here is one rep, you know, win the day mentality. Uh, we set individual measurable goals for each kid. They'll set them in, in position meetings and then just try to go out and accomplish that one little goal. <clears throat> and then after, you know, 100 practices, well, you look, you know, you, you set a goal to accomplish 100 different things to become a better football player. And, uh, and I think the guys have really bought into that and winning the day, winning the rep. And this play is the most important play. And if they score a touchdown, great. Hey, defense, let's go. Or offense, hey, we got to respond. So rise up to the challenge and be at your best when your best is needed. Um, start fast. You know, our, uh, we, uh, our first half of the season hasn't been as successful as I'd like it. It's like uh, nine and eight or, uh, you know, in the first, in the three seasons of, uh, of uh, COVID you know, without COVID in it. So three regular seasons. And then the second part of the season has been like 12 and three. Um, so starting fast, starting earlier um, with, you know, if we can win some games early and, you know, that that's the big emphasis this year. We're pretty good in the, you know, the, uh, the end of the season, we're really good at home. Uh, we just got to start fast and, and, uh, and, and make it happen early. That's uh, that is a true statement, no matter where you are. If you start fast, you're generally going to, gonna do it you know it's it's not always about the yards it's about the it's about the points but uh coach thanks for coming on tonight uh always love chatting with you and um man i know uh, we're recording this today before valentine's day just you know for, <laughs> thanks for, for the reminder <laughs> my wife's playing in a concert tomorrow night i get off easy um so but for for those who who only follow football, one you're missing out. You know to to have you know the day after the Super Bowl be the last day without football until the fall. Don't do that. Don't do that. There's plenty of flag out there. My my flag season starts in two days. I'm I'm jacked. I'm ready to go. 
So, um, you know, Super Bowl did a great job of, of showing the, the women in flags. So if, you're, if your school has a flag, a flag team, go out and support your ladies. They do a great job out there. But I'm so looking forward to fall and watching oh, yeah. the, the frontier teams and get a little bit of thudding and, and uh, seeing who we crown a champion. Yeah, no, exactly. It should be fun. Uh, like I said, very, very competitive conference. You know, I'm just uh, happy to be a part of it and happy to be back here at Carroll College. And it, it worked out. Uh, it's been working out pretty well. So we just got to keep keep on the rise, keep keep moving forward and, and start fast next year. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the NAIF Ball Podcast presented by AdCraft USA. Be sure to contact them for all your custom apparel, merch, and uniform needs. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to the podcast as well as to our YouTube channel. Leave us a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. As always, if you'd like to support what we do, head over to patreon.com slash N-A-I-A-F-B-A-L-L and become a patron. We can't do what we do without our sponsors and listeners like you.